All right, everybody, welcome to the Leadership Mastermind Podcast. I am Mitch Peak, and this is my co-host, Laura Brandeo. How are you doing, Laura? I am doing awesome, Mitch. So happy to be here. We have a fabulous guest that I am ready to introduce. We have Bo Belmont. He is a serial entrepreneur and a mortgage and real estate expert. Bo began his career at AmeriQuest, I think we remember that name, and then in 2008, he flipped his first home, sparking his passion in real estate. Since that time, Bo has been a part of more than 1,200 real estate transactions. He is the co-founder of Bellwood University, a teaching and mentoring program focused around investing, and he is the founder and owner of Bellwood Investments, which has become one of California's fastest growing fix and flip companies. So we are excited to have Bo on the show. Awesome. Welcome, Bo. Thank you, Laura. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Mitch. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, man, it's nice to have you. And I, I've seen you on Facebook, uh, you know, watching, you know, some of your flips. And it's it's always cool to see, you know, that, that happened from, you know, beginning to end. And it's cool to watch. So AmeriQuest, huh? So those are the ones that had, like, the best commercials ever, right? Oh, yeah. They had the best everything. I could tell you, it was awesome. It was the best. That's, that's all I remember about AmeriQuest was the commercials. <laughs> but, but, I, but I have to tell you, from me starting in the mortgage industry, I remember AmeriQuest was kind of like who everyone was trying to chase. You know, like we were like, oh, we have to train our loan officers to be just like the AmeriQuest loan officers. So yeah, I certainly remember them. It was, you know, just a really good feeling when you went in there. They had really good leadership just room to promote and they had a good product right they had a good product they were able to uh, reach out to a lot of people and the training was amazing right it was just it was like keller williams right they just they really spent a lot of time training you making sure that uh that you'd be able to execute efficiently and i can remember in the back i was in the back seat right and uh, one of my buddies had already worked there and he'd slip me a couple leads and i was closing my first deals like in training so they really you know they really got you in there quick and uh and man i was making money within two weeks it was amazing oh yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome yeah the, the good old days right oh yeah <laughs> all right man well let's let's get this thing started and i'm going to ask you the big question so what are your key top three key pillars to leadership great question so uh honesty Honesty is number one, right? And that, that goes across the board with everything, right? You gotta be honest with your employees, with everybody that you're sharing your product with. Vision, okay, vision. You gotta have something, right? You gotta have something, you gotta have something to share. You really wanna motivate your people, you're, you're a leader, people are looking up to you. And integrity, right? You gotta be you know, proud of what you're doing, okay? Proud of what you're doing, passionate in what you're doing. And all three of those are, one, are, are what we really, or I, really hold close to me because this is what's taken Bellwood to, to the heights that it's been at right now. Great, so let me take vision. Okay, I'll take that one. So yeah. in regards to vision, all right, it looks like you've kind of pivoted through different different markets you've pivoted through changing and adapting and being able to take that new concept and turning it into a vision you have a university you have the fix and flips even before we went live we were speaking about staging and i yes. almost think staging homes is the vision isn't it you're creating a vision for the that prospective buyer for those homes. So yep. how do you, and here's another thing, you know, I, I recently read something that only 13% of people's plans turn into a fully executed, actionable plan. So how yep. do you not only create the vision for your teams and for your organization, but what do you do to clearly define the executable plan to make sure that it happens? Sure, sure. Great question. So uh, you have to have um, something that's attainable, right? Something that's feasible, tangible, right? You can't just say, hey, you know, I'd like to build the next SpaceX rocket. And, you know, you don't have the support to do that, right? So you have to have the support around you and, and uh, the means to be able to execute that, right? So let's use staging, for instance. I saw a direct need with my business for staging. I was spending $60,000 know, 
know, every quarter on staging. And I said, well, hold on. I, you know, I could buy, you know, 10 homes worth of furniture with that amount of money and really facilitate my own and even share the opportunity with other investors and make money off of this opportunity. So what did I do? Well, I said, okay, there's a need for it. Do I have the support and the, the backing to do it? Right? Well, it was just a financial cost at that point because we know that we can go buy furniture anywhere. So it's just a, a process of using my resources that were at my fingertips and having a, a reason for it, right? Uh, you know, there's no reason for me to go build a SpaceX rocket, but there's a reason for me to eventually uh, build a national staging company to accommodate our national real estate investment company. So those two work together and that was an easy uh, opportunity to execute just because we had everything kind of lined up there. Right. So you're, you're talking about creating the vision. So let's go back to the beginning when you flipped your first home. Was it at that point that you had the vision that you wanted to start doing this more um, and, and start investing? Or was that kind of your first one and was just kind of it? So great question. So I, I got out of the, the subprime mortgage industry, which would, there was no such thing in 2007, right? Everybody was gone. And you only had to have you getting a loan was a plus or better right you, you nobody else was getting a loan so i had to segue so you know i had saw a couple uh, other investor friends of mine flipping houses it was interesting at the time there was nothing on hgtv there was none of that right so what i did was said okay here's a property that i did a loan on uh down the street and i did a loan for like four hundred thousand dollars and now this home was being sold for 150 right? It was being sold for 150. So I saw the opportunity there. So I said, okay, even if I was able to just get 300 or 275, I'm going to be able to make a sufficient, or, you know, pretty good chunk of money. So I made the segue, purchased this first home down the street from a home that I had did a loan on six months or a, actually a year prior. Okay. So I saw that there was, there's room to make some money there. So I purchased the first home. I flipped it completely by myself. YouTube and Google and literally books, literally books, okay? And I did everything. I did the uh, electrical panel, I did the roof, I did the windows, I even did the stucco. The only thing I did not do was the uh, granite. I didn't fabricate the granite, okay? <laughs> now, it worked out great. I passed all inspections by the grace of God. And, but the house made a, like a weird buzzing noise when you flipped on the lights, it's like bzzz. So I don't know if it came out completely correct, but I sold it and made about 80 grand, okay? Past inspections, it was great, okay? So I saw that there was a path moving forward. Now, where did the vision come to make this in a national business and eventually international business? We'll tell you. Once I flipped my first house and then my second and then my third, I had friends coming up to me and saying, hey, Bo, I want to do what you're doing. I want to flip a house. This is amazing. And flipping houses caught on fire. Then we started seeing HGTV. We started seeing everything. Everybody wanted to become a flipper, right? And so I said, okay, great. If you want to do this, quit your job and come up with a lot of money. And they said, well, I can't do that. I work for Cisco or I work for the uh, hospital. I, I can't just quit my job, but I want to do what you're doing. And I said, well, honestly, it's, it's impossible because this is a full-time job and, and it takes a lot of energy and there's so many different moves. You know, you just, you're going to lose money if you don't put your full focus into it. And they said, well, that's just, that's just a game killer, but you know, what can I do? I said, all right, well, I'll tell you what, let me partner with you on this project. The money that it would cost me to flip this home, you come in with, I'll manage the entire project. I'll even come in with the bulk of it. I'll come in with 65% because I was getting hard money lending uh, given to me back then. And it was so expensive. It was like 14% interest rate. It was crazy with five points. Nuts. But I was still able to borrow that money and make money with it. So I said, hey, I have this relationship with hard money. I'll come in with that. You come in with the difference. We'll flip the house. I'll manage it. I'll, I'll get the contractors. I'll do the inspections, everything. And at the end of the day, we'll split it. Well, that caught on fire. Okay, then I had other friends coming up. I want to do what he did, you know, what Joe did. Joe made like 30% on his money. I said, I know, he's lucky. Meanwhile, I'm doing flips on my own, but then I had all these friends coming up to me and more friends and more friends. And then friends, 
friends and friends of friends of friends. And it was crazy. I had hundreds of people coming to me saying, I want to build houses with you. So what I did was in 2018, completely dedicate to this process, in which we call now the B52 method, where investors or friends are able to get 50% of the equity for only 20% of the investment, right? You guys may have seen that online. So it's morphed. My relationship with hard money is no longer hard money. It's private equity money. You may have heard the bank before. It's Goldman Sachs. So Goldman Sachs lends me money as well as other entities for much more affordably. We're talking 5% with one point or a half a point. So it's definitely grown into a really good relationship. So now I share that relationship with all of my friends and that has caught fire. And now we have over a thousand of our secondary investors and with our pool of money, over $122 billion worth of financing at our fingertips. So it morphed literally from flipping that one house I did a loan on down the street to now this national business that's just skyrocketed a thousand percent growth since 2018. So there's a long-winded answer for you. So, <laughs> so I'm curious, you know, obviously the markets have completely changed, right? When you first flipped, that was when the market was crashing, right? So of course you were able to pick up properties for very, very inexpensive. There was lots of room for, for selling it at much higher of a cost. You are in the complete extreme opposite of a market, yep. right? So here we are at the top. Now we're we're probably back in 2006, right? If you were going to equate, you know, maybe 05, 06. Okay, so sure. now in this particular market and being a national company, right? You're saying that yep. you're doing this all across the country. What yep. are you seeing in this market? And are there still opportunities for people to be able to make such a high return considering the restrictions in the market. Sure, sure. So across the board, inventory is tough. Okay, mm -hmm. so uh, we're the, our next heaviest market is North Carolina. So okay. in everything between, we're in Michigan, Chicago, or Illinois, Florida, Texas, uh, New York, we're everywhere, okay? Now, everywhere, limited inventory. So how are we able to stay above uh the rest right how are we able to get inventory where nobody else is and the key is relationships relationships and being able to offer a product to realtors that uh, other investors are not we'll give you a perfect example uh investors are excuse me uh realtors are losing their clients every day to iBuyers. okay yeah. zillow yeah. zillow open door right now those are the bad guys those are they're the bad guys they are trying to completely eliminate the realtor and go straight to the consumer Okay, yep. you don't need them to save money with Zillow. Matter of fact, you actually lose money with Zillow. It's like 11% in costs when you use Zillow as opposed to your traditional realtor at six, right? So, but it's well, very simple. But it's yes, easy, right? It's so simple. Yeah, absolutely. And after four yep. price reductions, you're good. Yep. So, yeah, we, I totally get that. And so, Bellwood has become the eye buyer for realtors to use. Okay? okay. We are their tool in the pocket. Now, we're not just Joe Investor who's going to do three to five deals, even 10 to 20 deals a year, right? And so, what we are is a tool that you can use unlimited, like, you don't have to have a cap on how many homes you use or, or sell to Bellwood. So, what are we? Well, we're a, a gift. Uh, for realtors because we're not going to steal your clients. We're going to bring money to your bank accounts. Let me give you an example. You have a client who wants to sell their home. They need a quick cash offer. Well, if you are a uh, realtor and you bring them to Zillow and say, hey, my client wants a quick cash offer, they're going to say, thank you for the lead. Goodbye now. Right now for us, you do the same thing with Bellwood. We're going to say, great. You can go ahead and represent Bellwood as the buyer. We're going to flip the home, uh, flip the home with one of our national contractors like Home Depot or PPG Paints, whom we're partnered with. Then after we're done, we're going to give it right back to you. Okay. Zillow does not offer that. No. The real, the real ticket here right now is realtors. They're the ones who are building and maintaining relationships in the community. They're the trusted partners. People are going to go talk to the realtor down the street about their home quicker than they're going to talk to somebody over the phone in a corporate center, right? They're going to want to talk to the realtor. 
but the realtor may not have access to that iBuyer like Zillow and Open Door. So we empower that realtor with, with that iBuyer capacity. I mean, showing up to a listing appointment with a cash offer in hand every single time. It's just an option. It's just an option. That's awesome. So tell us this. You know, obviously we all drive around, we see those little yellow signs in the corner that says, we buy houses and here's a phone number. So do you, do you participate in that kind of stuff or is it more relationship driven like you're talking now? So, so uh, you know, what I've noticed on those bandit signs is there are a lot of wholesalers, you know, a lot of wholesalers. And, you know, I just don't, the, the type of response that you get from those types of signs is not somebody who's, they're just not a, a real stable type of lead. It's just not, you know, you're getting people right. that say, well, I saw a house down the street that's that's pretty messed up you know you guys want to buy it you're like great you know are you the owner well no it's just a messed up house and you buy ugly houses <laughs> you, you know i just wonder can i get paid now and so it becomes more of a headache now somebody like a wholesaler who can sit at home all day and just answer and screen these calls well that that might be a lucrative business but for us you know it's all about building and maintaining relationships with realtors uh lenders throughout the community because hey, you guys are the trusted people in the community. And so if we can offer a product or a service to you that makes you money and helps your clients, then that's a win-win for everybody. Right. So let, let's talk about number one, you said honesty. So you're building your business from just you. Um, you know, Tell us how honesty has played a, a key role in building from just yourself to where you're at now and with your, your staff. Sure, sure, sure. So honesty, Honesty is number one, right? Because as an investor or an investment company, people are entrusting us with their money, right? I have, you know, I mean, investors with as little as, you know, a couple thousand dollars to a few million dollars, right? And they've entrusted me and my company with those funds, right? Now, for me, I have a bit of a past, right? In, in 2013, something tragic happened to myself and my family and and to, to those around me it was a definitely a ripple effect okay and uh, what it was it was a life-changing experience and it, it, it really really rocked my entire world and um, being able to be transparent with my investors about what happened in 2013 and about the pain and trauma that it caused and and where we're at now and what we've done to to ensure that that type of thing never happens again and that there's been lessons learned and to let's address that and then look at our track record as far as financials, right? Okay. We've, we've seen the negative, we've addressed it. Now let's look at business. Okay. And so what I found is with, with being honest about that um, situation in 2013, uh, people have, have said, okay, you know what? There's, there was a mistake made. There was a correction. There was a penalty that was that was completed and now this person is just like me just like you just like somebody i know right he's he's humanized himself he's just not somebody else who collects money right this is a person that has has experienced life at its lowest and at its fullest okay and so when i share that experience with people um, you know, because, hey, I was a mortgage broker, you know, in the early 2000s and then had everything, lost everything, had everything again, and I've experienced everything in between. Along those lines, right, I've shared everything, okay? I've been an open book. And so with that, people are able to, to relate with me. And, you know, as long as I continue to maintain that transparency and that honesty, um, I think people really, really are attracted to that rather than somebody trying to sweep something under the rug and avoid it. You know, I go towards the heat rather than away from it. So that's right. huge for me. Yeah, yeah you, you know, I, I watched your first episode on more clicks and it was wonderful. And you mentioned something about writing at night 
that you wrote 700 pages in the evening because you kind of were like, that was your therapy, right? That was your way that um, you processed that because I guess you were having trouble sleeping because of all the thoughts running through your brain. So as you were writing, what were you writing? Were they lessons learned? What was that? What were you writing about? Yeah, so, so I actually wrote a book uh, just about my whole experience, you know, I was, it was a cathartic thing, right? Okay. I wanted to go over what had happened, what had transpired from day one, right? And, um, and really evaluate it and dissect it and put it back together um, on paper. And so it was, it was life lessons. It was uh, the experience. It was how could this have happened? You know, there was, you know, remorse, there's guilt. There's, you know, all these feelings that I was able to, you know, bring forth onto paper, right? It was, it was completely cathartic and I was able to zone in on that between the hours of, you know, 9 p.m. and 4 a.m., right? When I could, you know, somewhat focus. And so um, I, I can reflect on that writing and really put myself back into a place that I know I will never be back again. So once you hit the bottom, you know, I really, you know, I, I'm not a huge proponent, proponent of, of hitting rock bottom, but unless you've hit it, you don't know where it's at, right? You don't really know. And so, but when, you, when you've seen it and you've been down there, then you can say, okay, I get it down here. I understand what it's like. This is the last place in the world I'm ever gonna be at again. Right. Mm -hmm. We'll do this again <clears throat> so only well, you have your choice right you're either you going to stay there right you know me like you're either going to stay there or you're yeah. going to say i will never be here again and i'm amen. going to make this change right amen amen and unfortunately a lot of people feel hopeless when they get down there and they're like that's so that's far right. up there. right oh my god that's so far up there i don't know how i'm going to get out of here so i might as well just hang out with yeah. these things down here with these people that feel the same way and then you're yep. just going to sit down there you are That's what you right. surround yourself with and if you're at the bottom of the well hanging out with the bottom of the well people you're going to be bottom of the well for the rest of your life That's and so right. that, wasn't me. that wasn't me and all it takes is for me to go through a couple pages in that book typed out typed out completely was written then typed no computer and i just have to look at one page and say whoop focus yeah. focused right now, I haven't had a look in it for a long time because I have so much on my plate right yeah. now. We have such an amazing thing. But I'm telling you right now, if at any point in time I need to just reflect a little bit, all I have to do is glance and right there, that book, what I wrote for that six-month period of time is enough to teach me a lifetime of lessons. Did you publish the book? Is it published? No, I've been... I've been approached several times. It's really something that's kind of... It's something special for you. It's something right. special for me, and, and um, it's, it's something that I will eventually share, but uh, there's so many typos in it, you don't want to read it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it is it's something that I will eventually share with, with everybody. Right now, um, you know, doing the documentary, putting that out there was a was a really strong step, and you know, it, it's it's been it's been up and down. You know, it's it was hard at first. You know, I'm happy to share it, but there's a lot of shame and guilt and embarrassment. You yeah. know, you see these things written about you. Know, it's like that is not true. You know, mm -hmm. and the media can be just so harsh. And, uh, you know, and I've seen just the dark side of the judicial system. I've seen the great side of the judicial system. I've seen, I've seen it all throughout this. And it's just been a, just a tremendous experience. And, um, you know, long-winded answer, you know, I will eventually, but probably. It's on, it's on the list, but it's not ready yet. Because the story is not the, You still have lessons to learn that need to go in there. You, you know what? Well, the book is done. The book is done. Um, there may be a part two, obviously, with future lessons, but, but um, you know, I would say within the next year or something, we'll have, we'll have something come out. Cool. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, man. So, so people can catch your, you know, the first part of your story that, you know, Laura just mentioned on Mortflix. So that's, yep. you know, that's, that's 
really cool to check out and learn a little bit more about Bo and uh you know what's going on with uh with what you're doing but tell me this what's the i know you run into and you plan ahead and you know for your investors on all situations when it comes to with investing in in houses and i've seen you you know some of the the places you've purchased and some of the stuff that's been there from that to you know houses you purchased and people were squatting in and you couldn't get them out <laughs> um so so yeah. tell us some of that you know what is your your biggest hurdles that you've had to overcome with and you know with this and being able to show a profit for your investors sure so um the biggest thing that we encounter is evaluation of the property now we say no a hundred times before we say yes once okay so here at bellwood we have a four-tiered evaluation process that really protects our investors right so it's basically four times for us to say no to the property right basically four levels of underwriters and we all know underwriters you know god bless them but uh, we have <laughs> of them. okay so that all you know those are all built on protecting our investor right we don't speculate on value this is the biggest mistake i see right now investors are doing and it's a word that i created it's called speckwity okay where they're speculating yeah. on equity okay and so with speckwity what they say is well january went up by so and so february went up by and March, okay, so by October, we're gonna be here. And since we're gonna be here, I could pay more for that house. Yeah. Well, all it takes is a little interest rate adjustment, right? A little settling in the market, and that equity is now a loss, right? The foreclosure moratorium. The foreclosure moratorium is there, that's gonna change yeah. it. Absolutely, absolutely. So now we have uh you know investors who are you know just making some foolish mistakes you know and we avoid those so when we're evaluating property we evaluate hey we buy it today at this price if we flipped it we'd be able to sell it today at this price okay that way if there's a decline in market our equity is built down here not up here right so that protects us essentially uh as far as um Collecting certain homes, which ones would be best? Hoarders versus foundation issues. Everything has a price. Everything has a price. And if we're able to calculate an $80,000, you know, foundation supporting, you know, where they need to restabilize it or lift it up out of the ground, well, then we have to just calculate that into our numbers and say, okay, well, that's just an 80 grand hit right there. Then we have to remodel the home. After that's said and done, we're able to apply uh, a price to pay for that home. Now we have an app in the app store, uh, the Bellwood agent app that calculates everything based on price per square foot in geographical area. So let's say a light, medium or heavy fixer generates a certain amount per square foot cost. Well, we're able to say, okay, well that medium fixer in Poughkeepsie, New York is $42 and 50 cents a square foot. Now a medium fixer in Beverly Hills, California is going to be more like $75 for a medium fixer, just because the cost for labor and the higher end materials is going to play into account. So our app, which was uh, created by App Nouveau out of Canada, they were able to create an algorithm and uh, equations for us to instantly give pricing on these homes. So uh, it's, it's, you know, proprietary to us. And we're super excited to share that. And that's basically how we're able to calculate houses here in-house in our corporate office, houses in North Carolina, Florida, we can do it instantly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I was thinking to myself, I mean, if you're in California, how would you know what the market's like in North Carolina? But that is how you're able to do this nationwide. And what are you primarily looking for? You're looking for additional investors to come into the group. Like, who's your client? Let me understand who's your client. Yeah, yeah. So, so our client, we have a couple different clients, right? Yeah. Our client, realtors. Now, realtors okay. help in inventory, right? Perfect. We want them to use us, so we're going to pay them twice as much, right? You get the listing, you're going to represent us on the buy, and even you have the opportunity to invest. Now, I'll go into the investment side. Yep. Bellwood was created to bring real estate investing to everybody. As you recall, I was talking about my friends who wanted to do real estate investing, but they didn't have all the time or all the money, 
right? right. Like, I don't have $250,000 and I don't have all the time, but I would love to do what you're doing. I'm like, so you want your cake and eat it too, is what you're saying. Right? <laughs> always. So, yeah, always, right? It's America. So here we have a situation where I really wanted to, to help them out. Okay. Now with the advent of my private money becoming more and more affordable, yep. I was able to refine a system called the B52 method, right? Now the B52 method is simply B is for Bellwood, 50% of the equity for 20% of the investment. What is 20% of the investment? Well, the investment is the acquisition cost and remodeling and carrying costs, everything all bundled into one. That gives us a total package, everything it takes to turn that house from ugly to beautiful. So let's just say that cost was $150,000 to purchase, $200,000 total with $50,000 worth of remodeling, right? $200,000 package. Our investors are coming in with 20% of that amount, and it's not written in a check to Bellwood Investments. You never do that. There's no money being wired to us. It actually gets sent to a title and escrow company secured as a deed of trust onto the property. Then we flip so it, it is on an individual project. Like individual it's not our individual project. So yes. one, two, three main street in XYZ city state, that project you're putting down 20% as an investor on that transaction. As a deed of trust secured, Perfect. home is flipped, deed of trust paid back. And then along with that deed of trust money comes half the profit. Okay, even better. I have something even better. Okay. We have a app coming out that allows us to put up to 16 investors on one property. Got on it. one. Secured the second through 17th deed of trust. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the highest uh, investor on a specific property would be in the second position. Goldman right. Sachs is going to take first. Goldman yeah. or one of our investors, yeah. Anchor, whoever it may be. They're going to take first and then we can fill up the line respectively, right? So let's say 5,000 in, in second, 3,000 in uh, third, so on and so forth, right? So now what are we doing? Well, now we're bringing real estate investing, secure real estate investing, yep. you know, secured as a deed to everybody. Now somebody yep. can flip a home, flip a home for, let's say, $1,000. They might be the 15th deed of trust, but yep. our average return on these things is over 30%. So right. somebody's going to invest thousand dollars in real estate which they would never have been able to do before yeah. and earn a 30 percent return well now that's changing the real estate investment world talk about a vision bellwood investments will be the number one real estate investment company in the world why because we're bringing real estate investing to your fingertips you can flip yeah, a house average. from the yep couch. Mm -hmm. it's like so the stock that, market for investing yeah is <laughs> yes. it is, are they doing it individually or are these people like having their own LLCs or, or some type of business that they put it under? Yeah. So most people start an LLC, which is what I recommend. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm not a CPA or an accountant. Yeah. So I always recommend to talk with them first. But the majority of our investors uh, start an LLC and then create a, a, as a business, right? Yep. This is an opportunity for them to really get in real estate in the fullest capacity, but without all the headache, right? Without all the dealing with contractors, oh, I showed up sick or deal with the inspector, you did that wrong or, you know, yep. wrong material, who knows? There's so many things that could go wrong. Absolutely. Here's to invest in real estate in a safe and secure way. Absolutely. I love that. So, you know, like I said, I've been following you for a while and I remember one specific uh, home you purchased and I think it was a hoarder and there was like eight vehicles out front and the house was full of everything. So stuff like that. Do you ever run into one where you don't make money? So I have in the past, before I started Bellwood Investments, I've broken even a couple times, learned my lessons, right? Mm -hmm. I've, learned my lessons. I've never lost a dollar on a property and we're close to like 1500 right now. So I've never lost, but I've broken even. Now with Bellwood, the least return that we've gotten for our investor was 5% in 92 days. And that was a decision. The neighbor was crazy, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Literally, would he would go hunting, no offense to hunters, but he would dress his animals in the front. And oh. so oh, I'm literally looking at the house and this guy's like waving, he's got blood coming down. I'm like, oh, oh my God, you know, this, this, is, this is not gonna work out well. But the most friendly guy parked his four-wheeler, yeah. had the gun racks on there, right on the front lawn, hey neighbor, and it was great. But that was in Folsom, 
you can't do that here in Folsom, right? Everybody, <laughs> and so yeah, there's just you know, so we said collectively, investors, partners, we're gonna have a difficult time selling this home. Do you think we should lower price and just get rid of it and yeah. move on to the next? So that's exactly what we did. We lowered price, uh, sold it instantly. People that were able to do, I think it was a fellow hunter, so they're like, you know, yeah. all good. <laughs> I can deal with this guy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> bro. And so uh, we were able to sell, get, get rid of it, reinvest their dollars in something that was able to, to you know, we well, we learned a lesson. We really evaluated our neighbors. We were looking for, you know, certain yeah. stickers in the windows. Just kidding. <laughs> but uh, you what, know, what, what is the average time? What are you seeing? I mean, I know this market is very unique to itself, but what what are you seeing the average time? Average time for what? A flip? Yeah, yeah. from start to finish. So it depends on the scope of work, you know, for sure. Right. So our, our light fixtures, you know, we've had some that are done right. in a week, and then we've had some of our fixtures that we're still working on. As a matter of fact, Mitch, the house that you're talking about with the eight cars in the front, which was actually 11, uh, we're still working on it. We are just about to finish it. And that has been like a year and a half project. And the, um, let's see here. We just, we're finishing up the gate. So we're finishing up, we got a nice electric gate on there to ensure none of these guys come back. <laughs> but uh, it was the worst hoarder home that I've ever seen. Oh. The absolute worst hoarder home. Uh, we had, I want to say 18 40 yard dumpsters. Wow. 40 yard dumpsters. I think I, I think I asked you this before on that post, but when you come across something like that, so as a, you know, as me, I would think, man, it's a hoarder. There's got to be value somewhere in that house. Do yeah. you typically sell those cars? Do you look for valuable items or do you just hire somebody to come in and just start throwing shit in the dumpster? Yeah. You know, uh, throw that shit in the dumpster, you know, <laughs> for the most part. For the most part. So there is obviously going to be valuables in there. What we do at Bellwood is we uh, speak with the seller. If they, you know, they needed a cash offer or something, need to get out of Dodge. We actually send back their heirlooms. So we find like photo albums, you know, family videos, stuff like that. We, we mail it all back, you know, big time valuables for sure. They just misplaced. I mean, we found, you know, little, uh, tackle boxes filled with like family heirloom jewels and you know we've given that back it was hard we're like uh like oh you know this is worth a couple hundred grand you know you left it underneath the bed you really didn't want it did you but no they do so we'll send it all back but then again there's cars um you know old uh, collectibles there was a trans am there um uh, which I asked to convey with the property. I said, the only thing I want here is that Trans Am. And they said, sure, you can have the Trans Am. And then the next day the Trans Am was gone. So I didn't find it. But, um, you know, that was, that was like a personal thing. As far as like selling that stuff, you know, it's just, that's too much time. It's too much time. We're not in the, you know, scrap metal business or anything like that. Um, I do have a partner of mine who wanted to start a like a secondhand uh, type of store thing. And, and honestly, that just sounded like too much of a headache because we get all of these things. And my thing right now is just donate it. I call a couple services that come and pick up everything. You know, it's, it's just way cleaner that way. All right. Well, you see, you know, people that buy like storage units, you know, yeah. to me, that's kind of the same thing you're buying, you know. And so some people find some really valuable things in those storage units. So that's why I'm like, man, you're pulling 40-yard dumpsters full of stuff out of there. Is it, you know. Yeah. And I knew a guy. Go ahead. Go ahead. I knew a guy locally that uh, had passed away, and they hired somebody to come in and clean his house that was a hoarder house. And mm -hmm. they said, you know, like you said, they wanted their family heirlooms and stuff like that. But they wanted, they said, you clean it out, you give us 25% of whatever you sell, and uh -huh. we'll call it good. And he was like, okay, <laughs> you know? So he uh -huh. went in there and found gold coins, guns, you yeah. know, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And then, you know, he would just put it on Facebook and, uh, you know, hey, come out and get this fence panels and get this and get that. And, yeah. you know, that was his, his job for months was just cleaning out that place and giving a percentage of it, you know, to the 
the owner's you know family yeah absolutely so we we definitely have participated in a similar type of circumstance that hoarder home that you're referring to right now uh we were able to pull out some unique things i was able to get a cool a couple cool like baseball cards uh, i think there was like a mickey that's Mantle a big in market there. nowadays <laughs> yeah right? it is but, you know, it looks like a couple of those um previously i mean i have paintings that have been left at home at homes there was there was this one that was amazing it was actually a big case of this uh painter artist named mary gerhardt and actually she is pretty well known here in california and i found her literal briefcase filled with all of her art from school oh, and wow. so i had it at sixty thousand dollars and it was left as trash it was left as, as trash it was a foreclosure i didn't have any contact with the previous owners and so yeah i was able to collect this now it's in my family forever so uh yeah there's absolutely treasures there i wish i had more time to to you know, work with. Yeah, it. I'm just glad that you do find some of that stuff and it doesn't all end up, <laughs> you know, like I said, some gets donated, yeah. some gets sold, collected, but it doesn't all end up in a dumpster. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. donate it. If there's, you know, monetary, uh, monetary value, um, we will either sell it ourselves or I'll give it to one of the workers or something like that. Most of the time our workers are coming up to us, say, hey, you're gonna use this tool? I'm like, no, dude, I, I really am not going to. Go ahead, you know, you can have it all. Mm -hmm. Just. Just clean it so we can start working on it. That That is our goal. And what are the four things that these, quote, underwriter type people are looking for? Because, like, I'm thinking to myself, that hoarder house might might have been something I would say no to. So what are they actually looking for? Yeah, property? absolutely. So we're looking at, obviously, comps, right? We're looking mm -hmm. at comps. We're looking at the condition of the home. We're looking at several different areas of the home. Now, Obviously, a hoarder home, you know, there's tons of stuff around it. But yeah. what we do is we go in there, we send a contractor in there to look at the bones, right? We want yep. to see foundation number one, right? Now, between the walls, we know what's between the walls, right? Being that I flipped my first three houses, I understood what is potentially between that wall. There might be some plumbing, there might be yep. some electrical, but other than that, it's studs and drywall, studs and drywall right? Yep. So we're able to walk through these homes and evaluate the big ticket items, HVAC, windows, mm -hmm. roof, foundation, right? Plumbing, electrical. As long as those things are intact, then we're able to put a, a price per square foot on everything else, right? Yep. We're able to say, okay, regardless of all this debris, the home is in great solid condition, okay? So then we just have to calculate the cost of removing all that garbage, okay? So when we're evaluating, we have to say, okay, great, this house is a medium fixer, but it gets bumped up to a heavy category because of all the debris and trash in the right. yard, right? So everything has a dollar figure attached to it. So on, along these four tiers of evaluation, we have the first as the realtor or the scout partner that brought us the property, right? Then it goes to the state manager. The state manager is, is uh, okay. the state manager manages the state. Then it goes to our national manager, which is Gary Merlot, great guy, been with us for a long time and understands value. And then finally, the last tier of evaluation is the bank, Goldman Sachs or Anchor or whomever we're going yep. to use at that point in time. And then they say, all your numbers are good, confirmed, right? Now, when we confirm our numbers, we can do an online evaluation, online diagnostic is what we call it. And then when we send a contractor out there before our deposits due, he's just giving us a thumbs up. Hey, Bellwood, you guys said that this is a medium fixture at $42.61 a square foot. I concur. Or he said, you know what? What's not disclosed was a big, huge crack running through the basement and a little creek going through it. Yeah. That was close. So when our contractor goes in there, he goes, hey, yeah, no, it's not a 42 medium fixture. It's at more of a 120 heavy. Yeah. And then, okay, agent who brought us this property, we have an issue here. We need the price, we need to reduce price, or we need to get out of Dodge. So those are our- No, that's great. That's great. And I mean, your thought of, um, I'm kind of looking at the future, is your vision for the future is to be able to bring this quote to mainstream, right? To be yeah. able to take the average person out there that is looking to invest, that doesn't understand anything of what you just said, right? Yeah. They would just go in and say, oh, this looks like a rundown house. Maybe I can flip my own, which we all right. know. 
it is yeah. not as easy as what you see on HGTV. So is that your and is that your one year plan, five year plan, ten year plan? I mean, where where do you see your organization going? So so that's what we've already started. That's what we've already started, and that's where we're going to have this at everybody's fingertips, right? Okay. Where you are able, everybody should have the Bellwood app on their phone, right? Either to make money with, right? You can make money, you can walk down the street, walk in your dog, see an ugly house, take a picture of it, pull up an app, it takes a picture of the house, uploads the information, comes to us, we find the owner, say, hey, you got an ugly house, want to sell it? We buy the okay. house, you get a check in the mail. Or any other apps in the app store where you can just make money like that. Right. Most other apps, you got to spend money, right? You, gotta, you know, well, if you shop at all these different grocery stores or restaurants or retail stores, we'll give you some money back. Like, yeah, no, Bellwood is purely a way to make money. That is the Bellwood app. Now, the investor app that's coming out here shortly, now that is really when we bring real estate investing to everybody's fingertips. You can do the HGTV stuff, but without having to know what's behind the walls. You, It's like becoming a heart surgeon without going through medical school. You can participate, right. you can be in the room, you can look and watch, you can even comment. Now, right. we're partnered with, like I said, PPG Paints, which allows us the opportunity to give our investors the ability to pick the front red door, uh, front red door, I'm not a little. <laughs> so, so pick the front door color, pick yeah. the wall color, pick the baseboards, pick the flooring, pick the carpet right if we have 15 different investors on it each one of them could have something that they can choose to do right now that gives them that inclusivity right they're able yeah. to actually say hey guys i'm flipping a house i even picked out the colors right we even That's have a facebook, cool. we have a facebook page where everybody follows along with the progress of the home so you're as oh. an investor see your money working for you you don't just you know write a check wire your money and then pray no, yeah. you get where's my what's my money doing today? Well, let's go on Facebook and invite my friends to come take a look. They just got done with drywall and uh and yeah. texture. You can watch the progress of the project. And then you can take a breath of fresh air. <sighs> my money's working for me. Now, other real estate investment companies, you write them a check and you pray that they're not on American Greed next year. Yeah. Right? That's what you're praying. You're like, did mm -hmm. I just give another Bernie Madoff? I really hope not. This Bellwood Investments is completely transparent. There will be no convoluting of there will be no mixing and there's no robbing Peter to pay Paul. Your money goes to this title company, to that escrow, it goes directly to that property, and there's no other way it can be distributed. Yeah, that that's actually the biggest piece of everything that you just said. Because these other investment clubs right it's just going into a pot and like you said you have no idea where that money is going but if you're actually wiring it to the escrow company and you're on the deed of trust yep. it's that specific project that you're an owner in yep so yeah we can flip a fall off the side of the map your money still yep. into that property yeah that's very cool. Very cool. And now I want to ask you one thing. I did see uh, Grant Cardone, you know, he's full of a lot of opinion, but this one kind of caught me off guard. He said that, you know, right now, baby boomers are, you know, getting older. And as they die, they're going to sell their homes. There's going to be a flood of homes on the market because the younger generations don't want their homes. They're going to be, you know, living in Airbnbs and traveling the world and, and all this. So, and he's, he's saying now's the time to sell. If you're going to sell a house, now's the time because pretty soon the, the market's going to be flooded with homes no one wants. So do you really think that's that's coming or what's your opinion on that? So, so we've already seen the baby boomers start to sell their homes, right? Uh, what's held that back right now is COVID. They don't want to get out of their house. It's too, you know, that's, you know, just by numbers, sheer numbers. You know, we've seen that. They, they just don't want to have people jumping through their homes, uh, getting inspections. You know, they just don't want to deal with it. So we've, we've seen a little slowback on that. Now, eventually, yeah, absolutely. Everybody has to sell their home eventually, right? And there just happens to be a whole bunch of baby boomers. So whether or not that happens in one year or two years, over a five-year period of time, 10-year period of time, I do agree with him at some point in time. I just don't think it's going to hit like at one and one moment and saturate the entire market there's too much demand right now too yeah. much demand the only time i'm going to see the market really get saturated is if the interest rates go up right interest rates go up then we're going to see some saturation 
Are you seeing millennials and in the younger generations buying homes? You guys still there? Yep. Can you hear me? You there? Yep, I got you. So are are you seeing the younger yep. generations buying homes still? Oh, absolutely. So so especially uh, those in the tech industry right now. Those coming up from the Bay Area, young families want to start, you know, wanting to start their family. Absolutely. They're picking up these homes, but they don't want something that they have to work on. They don't. Right. So you got a lot of millennials that want to buy and, and own real estate, but they don't want to necessarily go through all of the plumbing and the electrical. They want to get in there, set up shop and be good to go. And so that's what we see a lot of attraction for Bellwood Homes is because they're ready to go. They come in there, they don't have to run any new wiring or anything like that. You got a new panel, new windows, new roof for the most part, and, and they can just get in there and go. Uh, it's what I have seen is um, anything that needs some work, needs some work. The younger um, generation, unless they have a lot of time on their hands, are avoiding them. Who you see buying those are older families that can either work on them or investors. Right, makes sense. Yeah, I think the younger generation wants to be homeowners, but be renters. <laughs> they want to rent their own home. They don't want to have the maintenance, the upkeep, the, the you know, the mowing, <laughs> you know, the pool upkeep, none of that stuff. They just want to, like you said, move in and it just be mechanical. Everything is done, you know, for them, and they'll pay for it. Yeah, they'll pay yeah, for they it. They want term. That's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll pay to have. You know, it's like owning an apartment and having a manager at the apartment, you know? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to buy a house and I'm going to have a house manager. Just take care of all this stuff for me. That, so that's just... okay. There's an app for that, Mitch. They're going <laughs> to get someone to come and do it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's app. an app. They just want to clean the house, mow lawn. Yep, that's right. Absolutely. We're, we're technology and all the conveniences it brings. That's right. This has been very informative, Bo. I really appreciate it. This was a great discussion. I certainly learned a lot and, and it was really interesting to hear kind of how you started and then where you're taking it. And we're excited to be along the journey with you to watch this. It's been uh, fantastic. Well, how, do we, how do we learn more? So how do people yeah, learn really. more about all of this? Absolutely, I'd love for everybody to learn more. So bellwoodinvestments.com, that's bellwood with one L. Okay, or you're happy to, I'm happy to field a call from you guys. Go ahead and call the office at 916-990-3010. I'm here in the office most of the time. If you'd like to jump on a call personally, just get on the calendar. Would love to chat with you guys. We can talk about building a real estate team that's focused around Bellwood, okay? Which means you just have a cash buyer and then limited cash buyer. You can really build an awesome team with that. Or if you talk, want to talk real estate investing, getting into a flip, and you don't have all the time or all the money, but you really want to get into it, well, we have the B52 method, and it's all on bellwoodinvestments.com. Awesome. And I will recommend following him because he's a good follow on social media to uh, see some of these houses that he you know, does go view and maybe not buy, but... <laughs> interesting to see some of the stuff he runs into and hear some of the stories behind the scenes of what happens, you know, throughout these flips and uh, squatters and, and herders yes. and, and all that stuff. So it, it's a good yeah. watch. It's like H, you know, HGTV. But, but real life, but real life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but real life. Exactly. It's not on social media. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good show there. Awesome. All right, Bo. Hey, I appreciate you being here with us today. And uh, if anybody has any questions for Bo, you know, make sure you give him a follow and reach out to him. All right.